Hello, and welcome to Outer Spaces, a podcast dedicated to empowering designers and contractors in the outdoor living space. Through this show, we hope to create a powerful resource for you, someone who is trying to grow their company, but might not have all the tools and processes to do so. On Outer Spaces, we are passionate about breaking the chains of small mindsets and helping contractors just like you take control of their businesses and their lives. My name is Joshua Gillow. And I'm Dwayne Drawn. Through our 40 years of combined dirt under the nails experience, we look forward to sharing tips, strategies, and other contractor success stories here on the Outer Spaces podcast. Without further ado, let's get on with the show. Hello, welcome back to the Outer Spaces podcast. This is your host, Joshua Gillow, alongside the one, the only, Dwayne Drum. What's going on, Dwayne? What's going on, my man? You know, I always got to give my, my adventures and stuff before we go through. You guys got to hear this adventure, all right? So my family and I um, passed, you know, one, you, I've been rocking hard. I think you actually took a longer vacation this year than I did. And this, for some reason, I normally do take vacations, but I got caught up in the in the grind. So Isabel's birthday was uh, is August 18th. And we always try to do something. Last year, we went out to Key West. This year, I decided to fly the whole family out to LA. It was the shit. I mean, we had this big $2 million house, nice vehicle. I mean, the house had an elevator. Um, we hiking. We went out to eat. I mean, we went to the beach, just some raw shit, but the big stuff that we did was crazy. One, I've never ridden a horse in my life. All right. So my son is like, Isabel loves horses, my wife. So she thinks that she was reincarnated. And before she came into this world, she was a horse. You know what I mean? So she thinks that, well, I respect that. You're a horse. That, that's your animal. That's your animal. So we decided to go horseback ride. And this story is going to get short. I'll, I'll ease it off. So we go up to North Hollywood is where it is. And we're driving up in this mountain. So, and my youngest son's 14. He's a smart mouth, but he's, he's smart. You know what I mean? He's a smart mouth, but he's smart. Some of the shit he says is like, damn, you shouldn't be saying it as a 14 year old, but it makes sense. And he's like, y'all, we are driving a little too high to be riding on some horses. And I'm like, man, he's probably right. But you know what I mean? They're going to have like a little flat area ride. So we get up there and these big ass horses, I mean, he smells like shit everywhere, but it's beautiful horses everywhere. We all get on this horses and they give us all like a minute, you know what I mean? Of instruction, literally a minute, pull that motherfucker hold back on. and stop. <laughs> Don't hold back too hard. Cause he reversed, yank that shit to the left to go to the left, yank that shit to the right to go to the right and kick his ass. And you know what I mean? Hubba, hubba, hubba and say, if you want to get him to move faster, that's all they gave us literally a minute. So we start riding a horse up the hill. Little hill, you can't really see anything. So we get up the hill, get up the hill, get up the hill. And buddy, the moment that horse hit the top of the hill, I was like, holy shit. It was like the edge of this cliff, a ravine. You can look down hundreds and hundreds of feet and you're overlooking like the whole, you're so high in freaking LA. You're seeing like the clouds on top of the fucking buildings. Like you're on top of the clouds on top of the building. Now, no, I've never ridden a horse before in my life. I'm looking at this horse. Like, listen here, motherfucker, you better stay your ass on this trail. You know what I mean? <laughs> I and then we're walking on the trail and they, they want to, the horses walk on the edge because they, they're claim that they do this to protect you. Mm -hmm. You mean the way they walk in, they're protecting you from wildlife, but they're walking on the edge. And dude, so one side of you is looking over a cliff and the other side is like, the view is just amazing. Like, holy shit, holy shit. But I'm like, you better not walk. I had every scenario in my head. Like I'm gonna jump off this thing. If it does it, it was just a beautiful trip. And that horse thing was crazy as hell. Like I'm afraid of heights too. I know I'm a pilot, but I'm afraid of heights. So um, I don't know if I'm gonna do that again. 
Uh, I don't know. But it was it was amazing and scary at the same time. How about your week? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that sounds awesome, dude. I could see you up there. Tell me, tell him what your, your son was doing while he's riding a horse. Texting. That little, <laughs> little thing was texting. Like his horse was like right at the edge and he's texting. Like, who are you texting? You yeah. mean drive your horse? <laughs> drive your horse. <laughs> yeah, we're There's yelling no at him like, dude, drive your horse, bro. Like, pay attention. <laughs> oh, that's too funny. Oh, my goodness. I'm sure Isabel was getting a kick out of you guys back there trying to figure out how to ride on this beast. I didn't say a word, dude. It was, it, you know, I, I run my mouth 24 seven yep. and, um, the whole time, I don't think I said a word. I was quiet. I was just making sure my horse was following the orders that I was giving that horse. Like I was dragging the shit out of that horse. Like everybody's <laughs> horse is on the edge. My horse is in the middle. You can tell my horse is trying to fight back to the edge and I'm fighting his head back to the middle. Like get your ass over here. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness. That's too funny. It was pretty, pretty fun. Pretty fun. <laughs> yeah. I saw the pictures. I loved it. I was like, I wonder if Dwayne's ever been on a horse before. I don't know. No. And uh, yeah, apparently not. So that's one thing off the bucket list, right? Yeah, that might have ruined my horse experience forever. <laughs> <laughs> Should have put you in a meadow or something, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what I thought. We were going. I thought. I honestly thought they were going to like tie a rope to us and shit and just walk around. And it's going to be, you know, what I mean, especially with the instructions they gave us. I thought we were going to be roped and they were going to guide the horse with the rope. We were going to walk in. You know, how you see on TV where yeah. they just sort of walk in circles and you're hooked up to the thing. That's what I thought it was. I didn't know we were going to be on the edge of a freaking cliff. You mean a thousand or two thousand feet? I should have threw my 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 location sensing GPS on to see how high I was, but I was <laughs> way up there. <laughs> I couldn't even grab my phone, dude. There was really no selfies or anything. I was so terrified. I couldn't do anything. And okay. they had they had a thing. They said if you if you're uncomfortable, you need to raise your hand and say uncomfortable. I like I wanted to do it every second. Like I don't like I wanted to keep saying I'm uncomfortable. I never said it once, but I wanted to say it every second. I was terrified. <laughs> but don't we tell everybody <laughs> that uh, life is is in the uncomfort nature? You know, out there somewhere you're you're not uncomfortable. So I guess maybe you grew a little bit, huh? I did it. You know, yeah. Will Smith says if you're afraid, do it in fear. Yeah, yeah. Just get do it, it while you're afraid. I yeah. Love it. Yeah, then we had the uh, the amazing uh, privilege to to be at GIE. Dwayne and, Dwayne and I came together and went to GIE and met some amazing people and amazing you know business owners and other vendors there and learned a lot of cool stuff and set up and you know chatted there. That was great. Um, what are your thoughts of GIE, Dwayne? After going through it now, GIE was uh, really neat. Um, there was a whole different aspect that I don't think that we, you and I, saw looking at this whole thing. We were always looking at, hey, let's change. I mean. It is changing the contractors' lives, but how we get them is through the podcast, through you mean our social media marketing, but it really opened up another element showing that the manufacturers really need our help too. You know, like you mean if they're seeing our businesses thrive and we're growing, we're able to push those products that that they want to present and sell. Um, and we have the skills to do that. I, I think we have a bigger opening and a bigger connection. Like it was really dope connecting with the people there in general. You I mean, sort of like the subject of this, um, you mean hit this podcast today. I like, it'd be great to talk about the human experience. You know I mean, the, the things that we push off as human beings that we experience and we don't really talk about them we don't really put them out there, but we push them off, you know? Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. It it was quite amazing to see the different vendors and the different companies that were, you know, think about it. If you're a vendor out there, whether it's pavers or whether it's landscaping materials or whatever, like if you have your, your people that are buying your customers that are buying those products from you, if they could sell 
or help people buy, as I'd rather say it, help people buy their products, you know, to, to, to help. I want to rephrase that. If you can teach your customers, i.e. contractors, how to better communicate with their clients, they can help them buy more of your product if you're a vendor selling a product, right? So it's a matter of communication, making sure you have the right person and the right product and then be the facilitator between them. Not about selling a bunch of stuff they don't need. It's more about Imagine if each of those vendors would go in and say, all right, instead of just focusing so much on the the benefits and features of my product, what if we helped contractors learn how to communicate? And when they learn how to communicate, they automatically sell more stuff. And it's not just for the vendor then or the person that's manufacturing the product. It's also for the contractor, the contractor's family, the contractor's business. All of those things come together so beautifully when they're they're trying to help build a human being as a, as opposed to selling a product. You know, so often these big companies think about how can I move more volume? How can we move more volume? How can we sell more stuff? How can we make more widgets cheaper and sell more of them? They stop focusing on that so much and focus more on taking care and educating their people that are actually their quote unquote sales team, right? The contractors out there, say you're a landscape lighting company and you, or manufacturing, you're constantly out there manufacturing lights and trying to get your, um, you know, your, your loyal affiliates to, to be selling these things. That's great. But if, if the end user, if that contractor that's selling it to the homeowner doesn't understand what they're doing and, or doesn't understand how to communicate, think about how much market share is lost at that point and how many potential clients that that contractor could have that, could benefit from it, right? But they just don't know how to communicate. And that's nothing on them. As humans, we don't, you know, we're not born communicators. That's that's a subject that most of us, including myself, had to learn. We had to learn how to figure out the best way to to find the right person and the right product and put them together and be the facilitator between them so it can make their lives better, can make it more enjoyable and help their family enjoy their life on this planet a lot more. So if, if it's a matter of just communication... Why aren't companies focusing more on training their people in the field, their contractors to communicate better? You know, it's really the beautiful part. And that's all sales is. It's just a beautiful communication, understanding how the mind works, understanding how to best, uh, you know, start the conversation with rapport and how to build in a lot of the different functions like hot button and life effect and all those wonderful things throughout so that you can really have a great conversation with a client. And if it works out and that client is going to be beautiful and a great fit, a nice symbiotic relationship for you both, that makes perfect sense to keep moving on to the other parts of the conversation or to the meetings or to design or all these kinds of things. But if not, and you, and you truly in your heart, don't feel that that client is going to benefit from your service or your product. Why not be honest and just say, you know what? I don't think this is going to be a good fit. I honestly think you're going to be better off served with uh, another contractor or another product or something else. Because deep down, if we focus on the, the client being the winner in the situation, not us trying to get money out of them, the entire game changes. What do you think, yeah. Dwayne? Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's almost like we are, and here's the thing I'm going to add to this. I'm just going to just take the, the baton to what you're saying. It's as if we, we, God, how can you say this in words to get other people to understand? It's it's as if we're they're operating out of a, a term of scarcity and fight or flight, like comp- business after business are operating this way. And then when they find business owners, honestly, like you and I, they look at us like we're weird or we're an anomaly. And um, I actually explained this to Wes the other day. I said, my business, somebody said, you're lucky. You're lucky you get to choose the clients that you're at. 
and because you're successful. And that's not how this business became successful. It was what happened was I started making that choice to choose and pick and started educating myself and finding the right client and really cherry picking is really when my business started to become successful. It wasn't, it wasn't, I was, I was, I was sort of broke when I was making that decision and it was sort of very, it felt, it felt immature or felt un, un, unprofessional as a business owner. Like, you know, you need to take every deal because you're an idiot. You got to pay these bills. And what I noticed would happen is, and I wish that other companies could even large manufacturers. Like um, I give Apple credit, they do it, but they still do every once in a while, they still do snickety shit. You know what I mean? Like they still, they'll update, they'll update, 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 and then they'll send an update to slow down the phone. And I'm like, why the fuck do you do that? Because I'm going to buy another Apple. You mean like I'm going to buy another Apple computer? I'm going to buy another Apple phone. Like, why do you do that snickety shit? You already have superior product. Stop with that. You know what I mean? But that's somebody in their office who has this little snickety mentality or this fight or flight mentality. Like if we do this, we'll force people to buy more. And I just wish that even manufacturers, I wish that we could incorporate a class. I, I wish that more people would listen to this podcast and understand that. The moment you stop doing that shit is actually when you actually do grow a hell of a business is because now you can focus on what you exactly do and you can enjoy coming into work and coming and do that. But also, you mean, sort of the reason why you the one of the things that we did before we even hit play is that you have to become that as a human first before your business does it. Yeah, it's it's so much mindset, Dwayne. We talk about it all the time, and I feel like, a, no pun intended here, but it feels like I'm beating a dead horse. You know what I mean? It, it's so much of business starts in the mind, the six inches of real estate between those two ears. And, you know, if you believe you can or you believe you can't, you're right. Right? Henry Ford said that, and he's uh, spot on. And it's really a matter of, you know, what you place after the first words, I am. I am successful. I am happy. I'm a loser. I can't do this. I, I'm I'm not able to do that. You know, it all depends on how you fill in that blank after I am. And, you know, through life, we're going to go through a lot of ups and downs. That's just how it is. There's no straight line to whatever you you consider success. But, you know, kind of getting back to it, it's, it's really a matter of trying to better understand yourself. So, you know, I was very blessed this week to have the opportunity, you know, Dwayne was at GIE. I was there and, and Wes Roberts from West Roberts Landscaping, you know, came out, uh, such a, an incredible man and he came out and joined us and to, to help out, just to help out from the kindness of his heart. And he, you know, um, got a chance to see what it's like kind of being on the other side, being on the side of being in the crowd as a vendor and to, you know, help promote something that has changed his life a lot. And I'm really, again, very humbled and very um, blessed in the fact that he jumped on and Dwayne and, and, you know, West, they, they crushed the show. They had a great time and tons and tons of conversation. And then I, I jumped out and actually headed West. I went to uh, a men's retreat. I like to at least have one or two men's retreats a year where I can go back, take a look and analyze what's going on in my life, the good, the bad, the ugly, and start planning for the next steps and dig deep and really take some time for me. I go there typically with knowing nobody. And when I leave, I've got a brotherhood of 20, 30, 50 men that I would put my, I would, uh, you know, I'd, I'd put my life on. 
And that's really the amazing part to have that, that kind of connection. Cause as men, Dwayne, we don't have a lot of that. You know, men are supposed to hold their stiff upper lip, never cry, be strong, always have the answers, be stoic, but we're human. And humans need to be able to vent the things that are, that are really deep inside the, the things you wouldn't share with your wife, the things that you would never admit to anybody unless you were in a safe environment, right? We do that at UPW, which is amazing because we have the opportunity to just bear our souls and to grow and to kill the monsters and the saboteurs in our mind and to be able to look at that. And, you know, this weekend I, I cried an incredible amount, you know, digging through some of this, this soul shaking stuff we were working on and I, I celebrated a lot and it's really, really incredible and so important. And men specifically don't think about the self-care. Now, again, this ties right back into what Dwayne's talking about, about the, the mindset that requires the hard work. I'm not talking about the work where you sweat a lot and you can show something for it at the end. This is the internal game. This is the game that most men avoid because they're scared to death of what's inside of them. They're scared to death to stare ego in the face. They're scared to death to think, hey, this little voice in the back of my head's been running for years, constantly saying, I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. I might fail. What if I fail? What will my family think of me? What would they my kids think out. of me? <laughs> right? We all yeah, have they... those voices, those saboteurs in our minds. We have them. We all do. Most men won't admit them. And they live with that their whole lives. They live with that limiting belief in their head and they won't share it because if they shared it, they would look weak. And that's the last thing the ego wants. And men are typically driven by ego. That egoic side of the mind constantly wants to keep you in check. And until you realize it, until you can put a spotlight on that fucker and you can look him square in the eye and say, that's not who I am. I'm so much more than that. I care. I love. I want to give more but I don't know how to become vulnerable and not look like a sissy. I don't know how to become vulnerable and open my soul and be able to look what's in there with no judgment and have others help me through some of the walls that I've been stuck behind for so many years. And you wonder my boy, my business and my relationships and my, you know, with my children and my wife, like all that, why am I stuck at a certain point? Why, why, why doesn't she love me as much as she used to back when we first started dating? Why can't I get my business past a certain threshold? All of that's the inner game, gentlemen. It's the inner game. That's where you have to focus. And that's where the hardest work you will do in your entire life will be the inner game. And Dwayne and I have been so privileged to be able to work on that. And that's why we have a podcast. That's why we're growing businesses. That's why we have incredible relationships with our wives and our children is because we do the inner work. There's no freaking elevator to the top. You have to take the steps. And this is one step is to get to know who you are inside. Who are you and what do you stand for? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's a, that, that little voice is whispering, like, what if they find out? Like, um, like, you know, I'll throw it out there. Like, you know, just, just this path of coming back financially, I probably had the worst credit that you can probably know in demand. And here I am, half of those rent issues that I was having, it was because of the bad credit. So like I won every, you mean eviction battle. We won every single one, but what happens is there's predators out here. So because you have bad credit, you move somewhere and they know that they'll, they'll take advantage of you. You know what I mean? Three months security deposit down plus first month's rent. Um, I had one guy, he would knock on the door on, on the second day of the month if you were late. So here you are as a man 
you don't know who to turn. Like, you know, you got your wife, your family, you're trying to build a business. You're trying to look honest. But when you're up against these things, you're like, shit, you mean, I got to damn near be a criminal to survive. You know what I mean? And you're, it's, it's rough as a man. You mean, looking at your family, people are looking at you thinking you failures. And I think one of the biggest issues is, I think it's dope that you even went to this event, is that no men talk about it. So, you mean, no men have this group and say, hey, man, my credit is fucked up. You know what I mean? Like I'm getting taxed for everything. Like I sat down one day and I was figuring up some numbers. I was literally here at Josh. I'm not making up the numbers. So I don't know for sure what these numbers are. So don't get me for numbers. Uh, so I'm going to say that let's say we're paying an extra $2,000 a month because everything is inflated. You know what I mean? Car interest rates are 21%. Rents, you're paying higher. You gave somebody three, four months. Your cable bill's higher. I don't think the cable bill do it. Yes, they do. They do it on credit. Your car insurance is based on credit. So here you are with this 400 Beacon score and you're ripping. I'm getting to the story behind this because something just happened. Um, Two days ago, um, I was talking to somebody about you know, I fly American Airlines and they were like, dude, you got to get an American Airlines credit card and match it up. And be in the back of my head, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they don't really know that my credit's fucked up and my credit's not fucked up anymore. We've been working on it for almost two years and it's damn near perfect. So, but I still been living like I got fucked up credit. So I filled up some paperwork and sure enough, not only did I get the credit card, but they gave me this ridiculous, you mean credit amount limit. And I'm like, holy shit, that life is over. You know I mean, I don't have yeah. to keep living that thought of it before. But as a man, I was suffering. You mean, I felt like a failure. And mm-hmm. then don't add being black onto it because that's the thing that black people are known for. You go into car deal. I used to sell cars. So as soon as a black person come in, a car deal shit, like, oh, yep, they're going to fuck up, get, get ready for secondary financing. It was just automatic for us. Yeah. And then, you know I mean, you're, you're pigeonholing that. And that's something as a man that you got to go through and live by. And that's a human experience. And men don't talk about that. And so they ride this thing out even further and just dig the hole deeper instead of just having these conversations and sort of working together. Yeah, man. I mean, what happens often, and men and women do this too, but, you know, specifically men, they start to... Um, you know, to get into a trouble or they get into different, you know, they say a lot of pressure in their work or their marriage or their children and they turn to other avenues, right? They turn to drugs, they turn to smoking, they mm-hmm. turn to porn, they turn, turn to so many different things as a crutch in order to just manage life, right? And, and constantly think about having to, you know, to, to face not just their family with those things, those shames and things that are in the back of their minds, but also face themselves in the mirror, right? And, and say, well, you know what? I'm working really, really, really hard and I deserve it. It's Friday night or it's Saturday night and I want to just smoke a little bit, you know, get a little herb, smoke a little bit, just relax a little bit, right? I deserve it. I've worked my ass off all week. And then the problem is that you look yourself in the mirror the next day and you know you're, that's not the reason. It's not because you deserve it. It's because you can't handle it. And the reason why you can't handle is because something's not quite right inside. It might be your priorities, maybe, right? Priorities and how you, how you use your time and, and what you think you should be doing versus what you are doing. And it's not always front of mind. Sometimes it's a feeling you get, a gut feeling, but you don't know how to put your thumb on exactly what it is that's driving that gut feeling, you know, and that's as you do more inner work and you meditate and you do more inner work and you start discovering more about what's already inside of your mind and your body, 
you start to realize, you start to, I should say, witness this going on. You know, I'll feel an emotion come through about something, a reaction to something. And I pause now and I couldn't do this before, but now I'm finally getting to the point where I can. I pause and I analyze that emotion. And I say, all emotions are is chemical reactions within your body. Your brain secretes a chemical and you feel something. So the question is, why am I feeling that when I hear this? And if it happens once, it's one thing, but if it happens over and over and over again, you start thinking, wait a minute, there's some kind of a trigger there. There's something that triggers me to feel that way, which might end up being rage. It might end up being an addiction. It might end up being quiet. It might end up being, you know, really loud. Like who knows what it's going to be. So to, to witness your body doing it and realize that that's all controllable. All those things can be completely conscious if you can disconnect yourself from them, your identity from them, and you can kick back and, and realize, you know what, let me just witness. Let me see what's going on. You know, it's when I, 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 during this event, and I'm not going to say a lot about the event because if any of you gentlemen out there are interested in something like this, I'd be glad to point you in the direction. And I don't want to ruin it for any ruin it for any souls out there. You have to go through this completely as it is, and I'm not going to give you a lot of details because it's something that it's a men's group, and it's really designed to to help men become more masculine. In our environment, especially today, masculinity is becoming less and less. Uh, sought after by men. Let's put it that way, right? They're becoming softer and softer because they're taught by society that to be a man, you have to be a toxic masculinity type man. Yeah. You've got to be the big he-man, pound your chest, beat women, do all the dumb shit that they do. You know, all the stuff you see in the old movies, right? That's that's what it is. And yeah, of course that's stupid. But masculinity comes from a very different place than that. It's about leading your family. It's about leading your wife. It's about leading your children. It's about leading your business. It's about leading yourself right? And being the best leader you possibly can be and being in control without being controlling and learning how to do that as a man, in a man, as a man in a crazy environment like we live in right now is, uh, it's, it's a game. Like you have to really understand yourself and understand how to do that. Now, what I realized through this, uh, through this event is that and we, you know, we've talked about this before in the podcast, but this whole idea that most men, especially ego driven men, and most won't admit that they are, but they are. I was for most of my life. And now I finally realize that it's not, you know, it's something you can disconnect yourself from if you realize how ego is taking over your life. And if you disconnect with that, your life is going to be on a whole different level just by changing your perspective. So anyway, with that being the case, I found that uh, that most men, you know, they have the imposter syndrome. We've talked about it before. And that leads to so many other things that happen deep inside their minds or subconscious about, you know, trying to fake it till you make it and, and all that. I mean, I've, I've been guilty of that a big chunk of my life and, you know, nobody is really born with a, uh, an encyclopedia for a brain where you can just always know everything and the right stuff. So everyone in, in some way is faking it. Right. But some people fake it a lot and others, they fake it a little bit, but we still all process it similarly in our minds where we know deep down that we don't know it, <laughs> you know what I mean? Or we're trying to, to run the surface of the conversation with something and know there's no depth to it. And deep mm -hmm. down, we know that we're, that we're frauds at that point. Again, this whole imposter syndrome and something that is very prevalent in men. A lot of them suffer from it. They won't admit it. And if you do admit it out there and you're listening to this, then you've already taken step one. You can admit it and you can witness it within yourself. That's huge. So Dwayne, what do you have to say about imposter syndrome? Um, imposter syndrome is uh, very powerful. Um, I, I'll be honest with you, dude, I, I still sort of battle with it. I, let me take this back. I think we're all going to encounter imposter syndrome. I think it's almost impossible, but I think what happens is now, now that the mindset that I'm in my, right now is I realize when it's happening mm -hmm. and I can, I can sort of talk to it. Like 
stop tripping. You mean, don't follow that path. But I know I can feel it coming. I mean, hell, just recently, this huge project. I mean, these are very well-to-do multi-million dollar clients and they have zero budget. Like there is nothing in my mind right now, unless I land a space shuttle on their backyard, I can't outspend them, you know? And they're, I mean, they're paying for me to travel and do whatever. And I'm like, one side of my head is like, I hope they don't realize that I'm not who I am, that I'm not this great designer. I'm a piece of shit. You know what I mean? Like that happens even now, like even, you know what I mean? My, our students are like, dude, you're like that now. Cause I'm honest with them. Like I'm honest with the students. Like if I have it, I have it. I'm not going to sit back and lie to you guys and act like it doesn't go down. It goes down in my brain. And so, but what happens is I can catch it now. You mean I look up and shake off like, nah, bro, you the shit. That's the reason why they called you up. You know how to do it. Do your job, do it right. And if you follow your heart, you're going to have a dope ass design and it's done. And, and that's what's happening. I mean, I'm killing it. You mean working with them. You mean, and, but I think it, it always, it's always going to happen. Um, there's something in uh, Napoleon Hill's book and he's talking about hypnotic connection, hypnotic, um, harmonious hypnotic, something. I actually was trying to research it um, as we were talking, but I'm just going to call it hypnotic connection, something else. But it is, it is everything in your environment is a part of the environment because of the environment. And so like if you take a pine tree or whatever and you I mean, you put it in Florida, it's not necessarily going to die, but it's going to take on another form of what it should look like. And so it's the same way with us, with us men and beings like, you know, like you said, it's hard to relate yourself as a man and who you are, but it also it forms that you you as a man form the environment that you're in. And it's what he's saying is it's impossible to even if you don't catch it, it's impossible to even fix it unless you get outside the environment. Like, you I mean, I'm not going to break up the conversation that you and I and Wes and I had in the hotel room uh, the other night. But like what we were talking about, I said, if I would have met you 10 years ago, some of that shit wouldn't have gone down. And you're like, well, those were your choices. And yeah, you're right. But I was also in a group that those were our choices. Yeah. in a group. Yeah. And we summed each other up from our choices that like we high-fived those choices. You know what I mean? Even though they were mine, I choose to do them, but we were high-fiving each other, those choices. And if I was in another group of people and talking to them and being around a certain, you I mean, proximity, we would have made a lot of different choices because we would have been high-fiving you mean better choices, if that makes any sense. Absolutely. No, hundred percent. And, you know, Dwayne, it's, it's really, I found it very tough over the years. Uh, I have a, you know, a lot of, and I know you do too, a lot of, uh, excitement, a lot of, uh, anticipation for future, right. To grow, to contribute, to love, to give all of those things are so core to, to who we are, but as you grow, you don't know all the answers. So that imposter syndrome kind of kicks in because you're kind of figuring it out as you go. We, every single human does it. Nobody, again, is born with this natural ability to know everything. And as they grow, they, they just know everything. Like that doesn't work. You, you have to get in there. Like when you're growing your business, especially if you break the, say the 250,000 to $500,000 line, you're like, holy moly, that's really great. Now all of a sudden they want to break the million dollar line. And each time you want to keep growing, let's just say as a volume focus right now, we're going to use that as, as our uh, metric and you get to that million and you're like, holy crap, I want to go to 2 million. But 
in order to get to the 2 million, you, you aren't that person yet. So you almost have to become that imposter. And in that growth period, you have to start believing that you are, even if you aren't yet. And then you find the books or the seminars or the mentors or the coaches to get you to that next level. But it's so important to realize that people that are going to grow, that are audacious enough to believe they can, they're going to have to be imposters for a while until they get it underneath them. It's a matter of being humble in that growth and not acting like you know everything in order to impress other people. But admit your shortcomings. Have a group of safe men or women, then you know, depending on what you who you want to speak to about this, and be able to be really vulnerable with them. Because when that vulnerability comes out, and when you can just be exactly who you are with no judgment, that's truly where the growth happens, man. When you can have conversations like Dwayne and I do, and and you know, even Wes this weekend, where we can just have deep conversations with no judgment about things as men that we are struggling with in life. And I don't, I this group that I was with this last week, they are some of the most amazing people I've ever met, and they own tons of businesses. Uh, I'm not going to get into the details, but businesses that you know, I guarantee if I name them, you would know the businesses that they own. And these men were no different than you and I. We were all sitting around. Everyone had something that they were working on to better themselves. And they were as vulnerable as, as I was throughout this entire event in order to grow. Because guys, uh, newsflash, more money doesn't equal less problems. More money doesn't equal less questions within yourself. The more you push and the harder you want, or the, the harder you push to grow and to want more in life, not even money, but maybe it's even just more connection with your family or more to grow your business, to build an amazing team. You're going to constantly be barraged with all of these questions that you don't have answers to. And you're going to need to seek other human beings out that can help you truly get to the core of, of why that's a struggle for you. And for everybody, that struggle is different. Some people are amazing at building teams and others struggle constantly. And some people are amazing at selling and other people have to really, really work at that. And that's, that's the human experience. This is what it's all about. It's about looking your shortcomings in the eye and saying, okay, how do we get around this? It's not, I can't, but I can't yet. Or I haven't learned how to do that yet, right? And knowing that you have the power in order to do that, you have the power in yourself. If you believe in yourself, you have the power within you to do anything you put your mind to. But it's super important for you to first believe that you can and then find the help and be completely, completely transparent and vulnerable with yourself first. Because if you're telling yourself a bullshit story and you're, you know, having imposter syndrome within yourself, that's a bigger thing. You know I mean? If you're trying to, to become a, you know, trying to you know, tell people that you know what you're talking about outside, that's fine. But when you start lying to yourself and your, your, your brain's like, dude, who are you bullshitting here? I know you can't do that yet. Right. You have to really mm-hmm. come to grips with it. You cannot lie yourself out of your own mind. It's crazy. Yeah. But you know, um, in this journey that we've been on and especially the past few years where just, just sort of huge enlightening has hit. And then, you know, I mean, we're able to, to, to reach more people and, and wake up people, just the amount of people just came by the booth, want to take selfies. And I mean, it was, I think it was more impactful where people were reciting some of the stuff that we say in the podcast and it was in a positive way, how it's, it's changed their lives. And what I've noticed is, is every level that I've gone to just in the recent past two years, which is, it feels like a rock star. You mean like we're, we're, we're catapulting up into this, this succession of life and it's just, it's happening so fast. But what I notice, what's happening, I'm noticing the trend of it is every level is I have to become. 
and I'm embarking into a new level. Like you even writing down your goals, you write on these goals, or you write down your must, because I know you are the hell of goals, write down these must. You're only writing them down according to your mindset of what you think you are right now. And when you move to another level, another element, you're like, holy shit, something else just opens up in your mind. And you're like, oh, that's dope. But then you're like, ooh, I gotta, I gotta be that in order to get that. And and the more we can put ourselves in a position to even be that, um, to get that. And I'll give you just a a quick throwdown. Like, I don't know about you, but um, even when we decided let's set up and do the show, imposter syndrome kicked in. Not only did we do that, your bold ass said, let's go down there and get front and center. And all let's not get in front and center. Let's get a banner in a booth that's going to be angled and point that shit at everybody and put us in the fire. And so now we're facing Unilock and Techoblock and all these big companies. We're now at the corner facing them. And they walk over and saying, oh, so you guys got the balls to say, stop building paver patios. I'm like, holy shit. Like, who do I think I am? And it just took maybe the first day to shake that dust off and say, yeah, this is who I am. Yeah. Because this is what we're doing. We, we're not building paper patios. We are teaching people. I, my guys are doing a hundred K. I mean, every single one of the, the people who've gone through our programs and really focus, they are getting nicer jobs. They are changing the lives of their clients. And yes, this is who the fuck I am. You know what I mean? And I had some, you didn't see it, but, um, I actually, we have, I have like these two black groups of landscapers that we're in. And obviously you're not in this group. <laughs> yeah. We've just, we've, dis- we've disintegrated. What's the word? Uh, discriminated you? You're yes, not in that's the group. Okay, though. So um, as I'm getting on the airplane to leave, um, actually, it actually put me in tears. I was getting on the airplane to leave Louisville and I was sort of upset at the event. And what our booth, everything was successful. We were successful. Everything was great. But I was, I was upset because this industry just will not wake the fuck up when it comes to diversity. So, you know, the fourth street live event, it's all rock and country. You mean with the amount of Hispanics that are in this industry, they could at least had a mariachi band. You mean something, you mean, you don't have to have, you mean all the gutter hip hop. I mean, all the cussing and shooting and killing and all that shit, but you could have had some motherfucking Will Smith or something. You mean a non-cussing type dude. You mean something out there with a little bit of jiggy jiggy with it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so I'm leaving, I'm getting on the airplane and I'm not going, I'm going to security and I see steel, the company. And they have like seven employees. They have all their shirts on in their backpacks and it's all white, man. And I'm like, when will black men and Hispanic men ever get fucking positions? to do these jobs. Like when, like, when is it ever going to be? And five minutes later, I look on Facebook and uh, some guy posted and he says, "Um, do you know that out of all the people we saw in that event, Dwayne was like the only black dude with his own booth. I fucking, it made me think about all the years that I fought to get somewhere in this industry by myself. And now it's like, I got, I got you, we could work together and build something. It, I couldn't stop crying at the airport. I was by myself. I could not believe it. I didn't even think of it. I was just there. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck you. Know I mean, it, it was like, we're following you. We're, we're watching. You. And I didn't, I didn't ask to be 
the Martin Luther King and this shit. I didn't ask for it, but it's like they're following me. You know I mean, and now I got to be like this, this role model. You know I mean, and it's it's been a long path. You know what I mean? I, I've gotten, I've gotten, I've been called nigger. You mean people wouldn't let me in their house? You mean I had fucking suppliers do dirty shit and fuck up my money and damn near ruin my business? I had people hold checks on me. I've had to fight to get here, and then to see that post, and I'm like, wow. I didn't think it was. I don't know. Sort of lost for words right now. Didn't mean to start crying, but I guess that's. I love uh, you, brother. I love your vulnerability. Yeah. And the world just needs to be more colorblind because it's it doesn't define us at all. We're all incredible incredible human beings and you know i just i have so much respect for your strength and your vulnerability because most won't most won't you know and yeah it's something as a white guy in this industry i didn't even notice let's be very honest you know you know hanging out with Dwayne, and you know we i notice it more now i noticed that i'm like wow i know we were in that one event down there in fort lauderdale and you said josh watch there'll probably be one or two you know, black people at this event of a hundred and some people. And I've like, Dwayne, I've never even thought about it. As a white guy, I just don't think about it at all. You know, we don't have the, 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 the pain in the past. We don't have the segregation. We don't have any of that stuff in, in my world because I just, I'm just not there, but I'm so, so blessed to have you in my life to teach me those things because there's something I just don't see on a daily basis. And you were right in that event, there was you and another black man. And I sit here and think, that is such a travesty. Is it the event that doesn't attract the, you know, minorities or is it the minorities that don't feel the value in going to events or that they don't think that they belong there or that they're welcome there? I don't, I don't know what it is. Do you have any thoughts on that, Dwayne? We're just in a vacuum. I mean, okay. just all of, um, just all of the, the, the past where you mean the past, is still dictating the present. I mean, yeah. we got, you got millions of black men who are in prison for selling weed and yet weed is now legal. You know what I mean? But yeah. did they realize that they ruined the family? They got these kids up in there. Now their kids are out here in the street without grownups. And then we look at their kids who are 14, 15, you know, we criminalize them instantly and we hate them. I mean, they, I, I can't stand them. I can't stand the way they act, the way they dress, the way they talk. And I'm black and I look at them like, you I mean, get your shit together. But they don't have a father. Their father was put in jail for selling the same amount of weed that you mean we could go to the store and go buy now. There's just such a vacuum. Like yeah. while I was there, you know, Craig Daniels, mm -hmm. Garden Tree Landscape, Craig sent me a text and he said, um, I don't know how you do it. He said, because I'm walking in here and I just feel the hate towards me. He said, I don't know how you do it. He said, you know how you're looking at a burning building, you know, the building's burning. He said, I feel like I'm touching because he said, I, I'm only somebody in this industry because I know you guys. I know you, Josh Cruz. I know you guys. So now I'm becoming somebody in this industry. He said, but I'm still by myself. He said, so when I touch the doorknob to go in, he said, I feel like my hand is burning. He said, Dwayne, I don't know if I want to go in this room. And he said, and I don't know how you've been in this room for so long. How do you mentor that? Like, yeah. how do I, what, how do I give his ass advice? Dude, you're already doing it. Yeah. You're there. You're showing up. You're doing the hard work. Men need leaders. They need people that they can look up to that have the guts to just do it anyway. To, to go in there, even if there is imposter syndrome and say, you know what? Somebody needs to do it. Why won't it be me? And all it takes is one to stand up and then two and then three and then five and then a hundred. 
you sent me the video, right? How to start a, a movement. Yeah. One person starts dancing like crazy on that hillside and then a second one jumps in and pretty soon, five minutes later, everybody's dancing around. That's how we do it, Dwayne. That's how we, we bring this industry back. That's how we get everybody involved and get everybody equal opportunities based on merit, based on, on how bad they want it, how hard they work for it. Not freebie shit. I'm not looking at nobody here that's worth their weight is actually no. worried about freebie shit. What they want is an opportunity. God damn it. This is America. And there should not be a, a color of skin in order to get in or get out. And what I'm really hoping for on this podcast and through all of our different endeavors is that hopefully we can empower people to change their mindset about that. And maybe, just maybe, Dwayne, you standing up there, standing next to me, even Cruz as well, standing up in our truths and going out and doing what we're going to do, regardless of what color or what kind of any bullshit is going on in the background, that we can all show us as human beings that are that are trying to make better lives for our families, make better lives for our communities, make better lives for our clients and everybody around us, right? It doesn't matter the skin color. That's not a white thing or a black thing or a Mexican thing. That's a human thing. That's a yeah. thing that we all truly want, right? We might have different ways of approaching it. Who cares? At the end of the day, it's about, you know, getting that result of joy and happiness and gratitude and all those wonderful things that come with the, the, the giving side of our, of our, um, of our souls. But it's, it's such a sad thing to see that, but the way you change it is by fucking doing it like you're doing right now, brother, you stand up, yeah. I'm standing by your side. We're going to go down in the fucking ship together. If that's what it takes, we're going down together in it and we're going to bring this industry back from where it was in the, the, the old mindset. And I hope like hell that by next time next year around when they do the next GIE, that there's two or five or 10 or a hundred thousand would be better yet booze with with uh, minorities in them you know blacks yeah. and, and and cubans and it doesn't and, even and have to be that. their booths it's just that let's get some let's get more out there to the events you know and because like we were saying being men and being leaders and raising families we got to get more in an income level raising basis and i'm not i'm actually so far open to not even just be talking about black people. I'm, I'm talking yeah. about everybody, everything that makes America. Exactly. You know I mean, like, I don't care Polish, um, uh, Chinese, uh, Mexican. I don't, I'm right. not just on black. You know I mean, I'm on whatever it takes to open this up. Like the next GIE, if you have that guy's phone number, I actually promised Cruz. I talked to Cruz yesterday and I said, I promise you that next year GIE, we're going to have some diversity. Yeah. You're going to, we're going to have, like I said, even if it's a form of a joke and you got the mariachi guys, the running around and everybody's laughing and all the Hispanics are laughing at it. Let's have that instead of, I'm not knocking country rocks. I actually listen to all of it, but damn it. Let's open this thing up. Let's yeah. open this industry. Let's open this world up. Let's, let's more people reach out, successful people. You know what I mean? And yeah. men, let's, and, and it's not, not just a men thing. If you're a woman out there, get your shit too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like everybody get it, you know, let's yep. stop. I don't know. Let's stop hiding behind these, these false levels. Like, you I mean, I wasn't a Hillary Clinton fan, but she did say the breaking the glass ceiling. Let's break the glass ceiling. No, I agree, dude, hundred percent. And that's, you know, once everyone comes together and realizes that there are just so many incredible human beings out there that are doing amazing work that just need help. They need systems, they need processes, they need guidance, they need mentorship, they need to see it's possible for them. You know, if, if they get stuck in their head and think, you know what, I'm black, I'm Hispanic, I'm, I'm whatever, fill in the blank. I can't do it because that's not part of this industry. I am, I am now stuck forever 
in this, this form, this, I can only go so far. I'm stuck within this box. I can't go more. I can't get the American dream because it's only for white people. They can only do this. And that is such a crock of bullshit, you know, and and obviously as a white guy saying that, but at the end of the day, what I'm saying is that there are people out there like Dwayne and myself, and we aren't the only ones that are speaking about getting more conscious of your actions and to get out in the industry and don't act like it's going to be something that's going to hold you back, but find the right people to help you move forward. You know, you, you you can't always do it on your own. This is not an easy task, but with this podcast, we have the opportunity to have a voice and hopefully start a movement where we can bring the people that are already working so damn hard in this industry, bring them to life and realize that they can achieve anything that they want. They can go out and get those big projects. They can go out and take care of these clients that they only ever dreamed of taking care of. They can go out and when a client looks at them and because the color of their skin says, you should give me a discount or should I, can I, can I pay you like this instead so that you can get it cheaper? Because for some reason there is a less value because this person's, a, I'm going to get pissed off Dwayne. I'm going to slow down here because there's less value because of a person's skin color or their ethnicity. That is fucking wrong. Yeah. And the only way that changes is by professionalizing your approach. If you yeah. come up, you know, blasting rap music and show up with weed, wore one out of the windows and show up to somebody's house with your pants half around your fucking knees and expect to sell a hundred thousand dollar project, that's not going to happen regardless of what color you are. You know, it, it, so it's a matter of getting in there and realizing it's, it's, you have to, you must professionalize yourself. You must work on your mindset. You must work on you as a human being. So you show up, not just to the job site, not just to your business, to your family and your life. As a true person, you were put on this earth by God to be. And when you finally hold on to that and realize that is your number one priority in life is those things is to be true to yourself, to be true to your family and be true to everyone around you. Once that is your baseline, I don't care what color you are. We're going to work together to get that as an opportunity for you. And not just Dwayne and I, this is going to take millions of people. This is not going to be just him and I doing this kind of thing. We need to band together as brothers and sisters who believe in the human race, not a certain group. Yeah. Cause there's white men out here struggling and Absolutely. I stand for them too. We spoke to um, lots of them at the show. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I stand some, of, for those, them some too. of those guys are working their ass off doing a great job yeah. on so many pieces, but there's one or two parts of their system that is, that needs work and a couple of tweaks to learn a new skill, whether it's their numbers, whether it's how they schedule projects, whether it's their sales side, whether it's their design side, whether it's their equipment efficiency on site, one or two of those little switches being twisted or knobs being twisted and turned up by 20 or 30 or 50 or hundred percent, they would light up. They double or triple their yeah. income. That's yeah. all it would be. They have so many things in place already. You just need a couple of little turns and boom through the roof. Yeah. There's one thing I'll say. Um, I've actually been successful my entire growing up life. Okay. Here's the thing. It's, 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 you're going to, it's going to give you an aha moment, but I, I, there was a, I just, there was times that I never thought I would make it. It's one thing about being successful. Like I've always been successful, every little thing that I've tried to do. Um, but I didn't think I would make it. If that makes any sense. Like if I didn't think I'd make it over this hump or what I've always wanted to be, I didn't think I would make that. And what I realized is what it took to make that was knowing how, knowing how to be, knowing how to become that person, being vulnerable enough to say, Hey, I need some help. I mean, I may be a good closer, but I need to learn some techniques to learn how to close a client. I need a little bit more technique, learn how to get the right design, the right drawing and the right thing. You know what I mean? And so 
I watch these young guys coming up and I'm so happy that these young men are starting to jump up at age 22, 23, 24. Can you imagine what you and I, I mean, I mean, we would probably wouldn't be this dynamic if we jumped up that early. So uh, I thank my, I thank my life. You mean, um, I just woke up three years ago, but I do thank my, you mean my entire life. I, I'm happy I've gone through what I've gone through, but these men are coming in early. And they're learning these skills and there's going to be a lot less of them beating their heads. And then you and I get to teach these skills to these men. And that's, that's what's really dope too. It, it doesn't matter what you are. Like, I mean, we've had, we got several young brothers in our group and they're mm -hmm. learning. You could see the sparkle in their eye and this in the pep in their step. Yeah. You mean knowing that they're like, yeah, I, I got a shot now. Mm -hmm. You mean I got a shot now. I'm not, I'm not doing this by myself. I can, I can get the next client. Look at Craig. Look what he's done. You mean Craig was doing bullshit last year. He's, if he listens, you know, I'm saying he was doing some bullshit last year. <laughs> this year, Craig has done some jobs. I mean, he's done yeah. some nice jobs. Yeah. I mean, he's awesome doing some work. Being. Love him. Yeah. His marketing is, is getting better. Um, he's putting his face out there a lot more. He's having this courage to do some stuff. I mean, next couple of years for Craig, I mean, hell, Craig has 10, 15 more years yeah. behind us. Yep. I mean, imagine what he's going to pull off in these next 10, 15 years because he knows now at his young age, 26, 27, instead of waiting until 45 to yep. figure it out. It is. It is so powerful. It is so powerful. And there's not a day that doesn't go by that I don't get up in the morning and just, you know, thank the universe. Thank God for the opportunity to be alive this day and, you know, and, and pray for the fact that. You know, my goal every day is to be able to help more people get closer to their successes and, and all of that, regardless of what level it's going to be, whether it's physical, mental, financial, it doesn't matter to me. It's just a matter of being part of that uh, equation, being part of that um, that transformation of their lives. And even if it's uh, a text and I can text something back or suggest a book or heck, even this podcast, you know, and it, it, there's just something so beautiful and so amazing about giving back. And it's not for me, it's, 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 it's when you give from the soul, it's a whole different animal. Yeah. I'm even pulling monetary out of like my successful preaching because what I really want now is I want people to really live and embrace the human experience. Yes, This is real. And let's stop the bullshit of yep. the fakeness and trying to look out, show out for the next one or do this, really start living a human experience. If you guys, anybody out here, you're having any credit issues, I, I'm a credit expert now. <laughs> <laughs> you fixed yours. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I've had a beacon score down in the fours and now I got it close to the eights, you know, like yeah. I think I'm an expert by now. You know, I, mean? I, I pulled it back and um, I, I'm, I am, I am, I am an expert. Like while we were at the show, if I caught somebody say I am and what they said after that, if they said anything bad about themselves, Josh knew I stopped the conversation. I got into that ass. So yeah. if you guys are having any reach out, hit us on the links, hit us on the side links. Let's really share this human experience. I mean, this is real. It's not this little fake ass facade and, and don't live 50 years of your life hiding behind some false it means sense of security. Let's really dig into this real life and help, you mean, help each other grow.